0: Welcome back to the "And I Hate" podcast, a forum to discuss in combat student hate. I'm Sammy Sin, and I hope you're having a good day, night, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. If not, then I do hope it gets better. Today, we will have two amazing guests from my school district, the Solana Beach School District. The Solana Beach School District is a kindergarten to sixth grade school district in San Diego, California, with seven elementary schools total. Our guests today are Superintendent Jody Brettlinger and Assistant Superintendent Sabrina Lee. Our district leadership is incorporating an inclusive culture that celebrates diversity and is committed to equity and an anti-racist culture for all students. Both my sister and I have been students in the Solana Beach School District for all of our elementary school years. In fact, as a sixth grader, this will be actually be my last year in the school district. I can say firsthand that, that throughout our elementary school years, our district and our teachers have always encouraged us to be kind and to embrace diversity. Today's podcast will, of course, focus on how to promote foster, promote and foster inclusivity and empathy while we'll celebrating diversity in elementary school age students and how this helps combat hate as students become middle school and high school aged students. So Superintendent Brentlinger and Assistant Superintendent Lee, that's a very big mouthful for me, but mm-hmm. could you please each give us a short background on yourself on yourselves.
1: Well, great job, Sammy. I'm so proud of you and for your sister and everybody else starting this club. It's so important. Um, Like you, I am um, proud to say I am a California public school um, uh, product as well. Um, And I have personally loved the last 34 years of serving and promoting and celebrating our students um from age preschool all the way to senior so i've had experience from preschool to senior so um it's been
2: quite um wonderful
1: That's
0: sabrina great. how about you yeah yeah i was about to say that
2: yeah. and i'm thank you for having us um on the podcast as well i too am a product of california public schools and i grew up in a rural rural area um, in a community that was pretty small. So being in Solana Beach brings that feeling back of that small community. Um, not growing up in an area where I had many people look like me or, or uh, sound like me, speak the languages that our family spoke, besides my cousins and my siblings, um, in coming to San Diego and college down here and traveling abroad, it provided me a better appreciation of diversity of the world and the learning and impacts it has. So part of that led me to my pathway into education for the past 22 years. And I love the interactions that I'm able to have um, in regards to using these past experiences and then moving forward as well with the work that we're doing together.
0: Yeah, so happy to have you two lead under I'm so happy to have you two leading the SBSD school district. California Public School Rocks probably triggered a lot of people outside California, if anyone outside listens. All right, so moving on. Why are you particularly proud to be SBSD and what in your minds would make the school district different from everything else, from everyone else?
1: Um, I'll go ahead and start it. I've had the opportunity to work in four different school districts as I mentioned, serving preschool to 12th grade students. Um, And I can honestly say, having had all of those other experiences that I've never had the privilege of working with such an amazingly talented and caring group of educators. Um, There isn't a day that I don't walk into the classrooms that I myself wanna sit down and partake in the learning um sit down in our uh, media centers and listen to our curriculum resource teachers read stories aloud or stream labs and walk in and want to start doing the activities with them Um, i have to say honestly i have never seen um the, the the high quality and just the dedication and passion that
2: exists here in solana beach it truly is a special place and I just love our community. Um, although we're nested in a large county, again, the SBSD community and the commitment to our kids and the success in their well being, it really has a personal touch in being in a smaller community. Um, I think the other thing, coupled that's unique in being in SBSD and why I'm so proud, is the commitment and dedication that I've seen from our teachers, families, support staff, and our leadership team. It's incredible. Um, We strive for excellence. And in doing so, we also strive for that balance of what's best for kids, not only social, emotionally, but academically.
0: That's great. Um, Yeah, I I do agree that SBSD is a special place. And yeah, I am proud to be a part of it. So what So can you talk about the diversity of our school communities, such as the number of different languages spoken at home, the number of ethnicities, religions, et cetera, unless unless like our community is basically the average JK Rowling book?
1: Um, Well, I'll share that. Uh, We have about 30 different languages represented in our seven schools. Um, And this diversity, as Sabrina has mentioned, is a quality also that makes Solana Beach School District so special. Um, I'm proud of our district for developing um, what we, um, if it's not out already, it's an English language um, learner handbook, and it goes to all of our families who may be joining the Solana Beach School District family um, as new residents, not only to our school district, but maybe even to the United States. Um, And this is a rich um, resource booklet that provides our parents um, just kind of the ins and outs of how to navigate um, the school system and provides just an incredible amount of resources for them to connect with. We even have some families who have um, volunteered to support families from multiple different languages um, to welcome them and just be a resource. And like I said, I've never seen anything, um, I've never seen such a community be so welcoming, so inclusive, and embrace um, anybody that joins into the school district.
2: And just to piggyback off of Superintendent Brentlinger, I think in hearing, and when you look at Solana Beach community, you don't necessarily think about diversity um, when you just hear the the community itself. But when you really look at our community, we are quite diverse with over 30 different languages and ethnicities represented, um, international families, as well as families that have lived inside and outside or in, within the United States, outside of California, in addition to being multilingual, they're bringing also their gifts of that diversity and richness from culture and language into our schools. So the our families, our students, and all of that that they bring from their home life also represents the assets that we build upon within the schools. So in terms of religions, um, we have many, many different, families that practice many different religions within our community. And so we honor um, where people are coming in and we celebrate what it is that they have and are sharing with us as well.
0: Yeah, I I have to admit I myself did not realize that there were over 30 languages represented by the SDSD school district. It's a small world. Anyways, it's great to hear that you're so welcoming like the school district. So do you think that this is from our school district culture or do you think that like there have to be like 30 like people who speak 30 languages in one like district?
1: Can you, can you restate your question, Sammy?
0: Oh yeah. So do you think that um, all of this diversity is because of our school culture or do, so do you think it's because of our school district culture?
1: Um, well, I think our school district culture um, definitely plays into um, the, the, uh, the welcoming, as I mentioned, and that inclusivity, um, and our students play a big part in that. So when I talk about the school district culture, um, it includes everybody, our students, our staff, our families, and our community members. So I, I, I kind of think of it as a, a pebble falling into maybe a still pond, and you just see the ripples of it um, cascading out.
0: All right, um, so moving on then. What skills, attitudes, or lessons do you think are best to be taught to like a younger age and why?
1: I'm gonna let Sabrina go. I've been hogging the beginning. So go ahead, Sabrina. <laughs> uh,
2: my, my initial first thought is ask lots of questions, like sparking that curiosity and interest in kids. Uh, kids come in with so much of exploration and a desire to learn. So being able to understand the world around them and helping kids make connections to things that they're learning about. Uh, Another key point I think is keep trying. Like if you try something, you're exploring something, it may not go your way. Don't give up, keep persevering. And what learnings can we take away from that? And the last thing I would say is enjoy the present moment, have some fun. Because um we have a lifetime to be able to continue to grow and and to work and to continue to iterate, but enjoy the time that we have in that present moment as well
0: I would yeah, just- that's, yeah yeah, that's yeah that's um a great response also um unless ever anyone has something to say, um, there's a question I accidentally skipped, so why do you do you like have a particular reason like that you like working with elementary age students? I should have said this before that question.
1: Well, I'll go ahead and start with that one. Um, You know, honestly, I like working with all students um, from our preschoolers all the way up to 12th grade. I think they all bring such a unique perspective um, and heart and mind and soul into um, the work that we do in supporting them. Um, What I would say is there's different milestones along the way with them and you, tend to see more of those milestones in the elementary. Um, You see kindergartners and first graders beginning to read um, and then you see them learning to read reading to learn, which is another exciting milestone. And as Sabrina said too, we see so many of the the why questions that they ask. um, Why this, why that? And I think it's so important that we continue to foster um, and encourage the asking of the why. Um, questions. And um, we, 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 we don't ever want to stop our, our students or really our adults from asking the, the questions of why. Um, I, I think our elementary students in particular, what I would say maybe makes them unique and a little bit more, um, more fun is the aspect of play. As Sabrina mentioned earlier, so much learning occurs through play. And it's social. Learning is social. It's not opening up a book and studying um, it is engaging with others around concepts. And our youngest students um, are so accepting of all kinds of different ideas. They are much more resilient um, because I don't think they've had the time to be set in their ways. Um, that makes them more adaptable and flexible, sometimes more so than even us adults, um, and, and sometimes even more than our middle school and high schoolers. So um, they just, they love. They love almost everything, and we just need to keep that in them as they matriculate to middle school, high school, um, college, and into their adult lives.
0: Um, oh, well, um, well, okay. So, super assistant superintendent Lee, you mentioned earlier that there weren't that many people that looked like you when you were in school, like I.E. you didn't really you were really like the only, like you know. So. Do you think that it's different nowadays, like for the kids who are who are attending the SBSD school district? Like, do you think it is helpful to have more diversity
2: now? I really think it's um the answer is yes. I think we can always celebrate diversity. Um and with that said, I think it's dependent upon your geographical location of where you live sometimes, on whether or not you'll see representations of maybe physical diversity, but there's always diversity and richness in wherever we go. So whether it's socioeconomic, um, physical aspects or with religion and, and other things. And what I would say is not growing up around others and seeing myself, it gave me a different perspective when I went to college and I traveled abroad to experience seeing people that potentially looked like me um, had similar experiences to me because as Superintendent Brentlinger shared earlier, being able to make connections and seeing both the similarities and differences, you learn and you gain so much of not only life experiences but I think practical experiences that you'll, you'll be able to use later on in terms of interaction interactions and growing from each other um there's a quote that i love many people say the smartest person in the room is the room so the celebration of utilizing those around you and the strengths around you i think is super important which is why diversity is also important yeah i do agree like yeah i do agree that is like a lot of
0: the time based on geographic location. Obviously, California is a very diverse state. There are a lot of people who speak different languages of different ethnicities or like worship or worship different religions. So yeah, I do agree with that. Um, Next question. Um, So the S- so the SPSD school district takes an approach for, quote unquote, whole child learning, including an emphasis on social and emotional learning. So how does this connect with teaching empathy, uh, empathy inclusion and sensitivity about different backgrounds?
1: Sabrina, you want
2: to start with that one? Absolutely. So as part of um, the whole child approach, as we... We utilize frameworks um, within our district, and one that is evidence-based is called the CASEL competencies. So with that, we are strategically trying to instill at different points in time with children beginning in kindergarten, going through their tenure um, through SBSD, with skills to support them in social-emotional learning components. So this includes relationship building, how you relate to others, um, connectivity, how you're able to work through a difficult situation. Those are examples. And with that, in terms of teaching empathy, inclusion, and sensitivity, it's helping us come from it through an empathetic um, lens. So taking on the shoes of another individual and understanding perspectives, part of that is growing listening skills as well as responding.
0: Yeah, um, I yeah, that is a very good response. So, um, moving on, are there? Do you think that there are differences in teaching tolerance to elementary school students versus middle school and high school students?
1: Oh, I can start with that one, Sammy, if that's okay. Um, I would have to say that you know, in, in Solana Beach School District in particular, the difference. Um, with our teaching of inclusive inclusivity and hopefully you can um, you know be a uh, confirm this as well is um, it captures what we want is where all students feel that sense of belonging so that's something i would hope that would exist at elementary middle and high school what i would say is different about the elementary levels i don't think they have been exposed to the same what i would call bombardment of society's mental models um you know what's in the media what's you know the the movie theaters the the sport the sports figures and all of that um and so that is is what i think makes the concepts more pliable and more readily accepted by them um, cuz they're not combating those those mental models um and so with our explicit focus on celebrating um and respecting diversity uh and we're implementing equitable approaches so it's not an equal thing for everyone. It is, what is it that students need and how do we give them what they need so that they can be successful? Um, And and again, it really comes down to what I think we're all about, which is where everyone feels that sense of belonging. Um, And so again, as elementary students transition to middle and high school, we're hoping that we can have a different set of mental models um, in their in their experiences that they can take with them as they transition um, up through the higher grade levels.
0: Yeah, that is a yeah. I do think that's a very good response. And yes, I am saying that line a lot after every <laughs> every every question. So the school, so the schools that I I have attended in the school district have been amazingly diverse. So one iconic and frankly Poggers event is Heritage Night. Um, like ever since. With COVID, Heritage Night has not been very prominent, but at Heritage Night, we would have booths where families will explain their heritage and customs and will probably share uh, foods. So, and yeah, I just said, and pre- before COVID, we have the, we used to have the best Heritage Night potluck dinners and there would, and they would be all very good. They would all be fresh food, like of ethnic, this set of, from other ethnicities, et cetera. So can you share other programs or activities that we do at the district or school level to celebrate our diversity?
2: You want me to want to start? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. So I think on a daily basis, like just from classroom to classroom, each classroom usually has some sort of a community circle. So they're starting the day and the mornings off um, with check-ins. And I think that that's an important part as we think about celebrating our heritage and or who we are in that because we're doing a check-in and we're bringing something of ourselves in that into the daily um, conversations. Another component is oftentimes each of the classrooms have some sort of uh, opportunities for students to share about them and their families and traditions. That's another opportunity which allows us to get insights into other families or culture beliefs and understanding and to be able to celebrate that and also make connections to, oh, that's similar to what we do as well at my house. Um, So these are opportunities that we're having on a a regular basis. And then in addition to that, the events that you just shared, Sammy, with our heritage night as well, and other um, opportunities such as our pancake breakfasts and and community events that are held. Yeah, um, okay.
0: So moving on, at Anaya hate our tagline is to educate, debate, and of course, annihilate hate. How do you think that these programs or events will help teach inclusion and celebrate diversity and combat hate?
1: Well, I first just wanna say, Sammy, I love the words educate and debate in your tagline. Um, those really jumped off the page to me. Um, because I believe the educate, um, can, and actually does happen every day. And what I appreciate about the debate in there is it's, it, you didn't specifically use the word argue, cause we don't want to argue. We want to engage in, um, a healthy discourse or debate. Um, and those that's where, as Sabrina said, we need to learn to actively listen, seek to understand before, you know, wanting to be understood ourselves. Um, and having that open mind, which goes back to what I shared earlier, is where I do think elementary age students have have that ability to really look at things from multiple perspectives um, because of their age and, and really not having so many experience. Um, and, and one of the things that I is my favorite is um, when we are looking at the debate is, Looking at breaking up teams, and I actually had this conversation with one of our leadership team members today is, you know, taking um, the debate teams, but then you have them, uh, they think they're going to be arguing towards one position, but then before you send them off to their room, you have them uh, give them a little bit of a um, a a switcheroo and they have to debate the other side that they didn't think they were going to be debating. And that really, really helps with that educate and having to look at things from multiple perspectives. Um, And then truly the annihilate, I I think that'll be a natural product of everything. Um, So it, to me, it's that educate and debate. And then ultimately the outcome is what we all want, which is that annihilate.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, where, so this is a bit of, so another question, where is it most effective to teach about anti-racism do you think at home or at school?
2: I can start if you'd like, okay. Um, I believe it, it, it's both, it's everywhere. So this is something that should be embedded in, in our conversations. And I, I love just to piggyback off of the last question, Uh, the tagline that first part educates and it's not one person's responsibility it's all of our responsibility collectively to have an understanding and and to learn around that so being able to celebrate that um, in in all places
1: I couldn't agree more with her has to be everywhere yeah and I
0: guess um, my two cents in this is that that question was a bit more of a rhetorical question because I personally don't think that um, it is, there is a true right answer to whether you should do that. But I do think that a lot of um, students are afraid to ask, are more inclined to ask their parents and family because they're well family. But like there are a lot of sto- a lot of like students are less inclined to ask like a trusted adult at school. Or so uh, next, so the next question is, um, so, what do, you, what do you think is the best way to talk about these issues like student to student or teacher to student or parent to student? There are a lot of ways to do it.
1: I would say it's going to be situational. Uh, you bring up a really good point, um, Sammy, and you know, one that um, I know we're working on this year is, you know, uh, having our staff go through diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Um, because as I've said, you know, the, the older we are, the the maybe some not so positive mental models we have. So want to share that with you. Um, But, you know, I think families, I think houses of worship, um, we talked about all the different religions that um, are in our communities, um, are excellent resources. Um, And hopefully there's a trusted someone that can help, help a student find the right person to have the conversation. I know you mentioned that some some students are more comfortable with families. And I would share with you in our experience, sometimes they're more comfortable coming to school than they are with their families about some of the topics. So that's why I think it's really situational. And I think that's where schools are a really good resource to help find the best adult um, that, that the student can trust and then begin those conversations.
0: Yeah, um, that, hey yes yeah, yeah, I do think. That does make sense. So, all right. So what resources do you think exist for elementary students who feel that they've been misunderstood or mistreated based on their race or their religion?
2: So um, in our district, one of of our goals is to ensure that every student is connected with a trusted adult. And I think that a starting point um, for that as, as Superintendent Brentlinger shared is a lot of times conversations like this may be situational. But one of the systems piece that we're trying to ensure that we have in place is that there's always a child who has someone at the school site that they can go to um, in terms of with a, a trusted adult. As you mentioned earlier, there could be another student um, that they're sharing with who who is their confidant. So that is one potential resource. Another is we do have resources um, available at the school site as well. Once our teams are are aware and they're available, in addition, we have website resources and we have outside agency resources as well. So one outside agency that we have looked at in our work with our equity work is also the Anti-Defamation League, our San Diego County Office of Education they have an entire division um, that's dedicated to supporting uh, school districts with additional resources. So there's an entire system, kind of an ecosystem of resources that we would be able to connect students with once we become aware also.
0: Yeah, um, so that's great. So Michi's podcast, for example, with this SDUHSD superintendent and trustee, discussed younger, uh, discussed that um, younger and younger students may not feel comfortable advocating for themselves or telling an adult that they are feeling targeted. So what advice do you provide to those specific students?
1: Well, I, I would start by, um, I, and I think we have to target this before they need it. So that's what S- Sabrina is talking about is we need these systems and structures in place before a student needs a trusted adult. And I think one of the things that um, might get overgeneralized is everybody assumes the classroom teacher is that one trusted adult, but that's not always the case. Um, Sometimes it could be a plant foreman, it could be the night custodian, um, it could be an instructional aide, could be the principal. Um, It it doesn't matter who it is, just as long as we we can find someone and again, find them in advance of needing them. And I think the way that that's done is you make connections with students, as I said, before you need those connections. So what we've uh, really tried to stress is is that our our students' well-being is not just the classroom teacher's responsibility, not just the instructional services responsibility, but it's everybody on a campus. Um, And sometimes we may be the only good morning or the only smile or the high five or the fist bump or even a hug that that child may get. But at least that's the beginning of starting to form that trusted adult relationship.
0: Yeah, um, personally, I've always felt comfortable talking to my teachers, by the way, the teachers in the district, I think are awesome, like some, I will say better, maybe be better than others, but I think that all of the teachers I've had, like I, I'm willing to talk to, you know, well, so it's good to hear. So how do you think students can help?
2: Like with this problem? 'll I'll start on this one. Um, I think part of it is is again going back to that your the tagline education educate each other, have conversations, listen to each other. Um, I think we do by modeling and our actions speak sometimes louder than words. so being able to share our experiences and even have that bravery just to ask those questions and say you know tell me tell me a little bit more about that why did you say that or why did you ask that
1: yeah that's the only thing I would add is is just being inquisitive asking questions and and asking can I ask you a question about um you know what it might be so that you're giving that person permission and building that sense of trust as well
0: yeah I think yeah um Yeah, I do believe that um, like educate is arguably the one of the most important parts, like parts of our tagline, because one major reason is to educate people not like about the problems of hate and not to let history repeat itself, like we've seen it do multiple times. And yes, it is a problem at the student level, like we've seen in a few of our um, schools, like local schools. So this has been a really great discussion my takeaways have been that hate and racism uh, should have no place in schools like schools are always should always be inclusive except for hate and racism I, I exclude them they, they, they don't they don't deserve to be in school but so and i do think that rule applies to elementary schools middle schools high schools even colleges preschools every graduate school everything um oh yeah and also our elementary school district has always made me has made social and emotional learning a priority. Thanks to today's podcast guest, Superintendent Brent Winger and Assistant Superintendent Lee, as well as our amazing teachers and staff members and students and families. The changes we need to make as a nation are neither easy nor quick. It will require a lot of open dialogue and and about difficult issues, but it really helps when students start having these dialogues at a young age because they are going to be, we are going to be the next generation and we need to know about all of this. So Anai Hayden wants to facilitate these conversations and to share stories from our community that can help others. Thank you for taking the time to do exactly to do exactly this and thank you for the work you do for our district.
1: Thank you Sammy for what you're doing.